Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Ruel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, age successfully, making your second half of life even better than the first. One of the frequent topics among health experts these days is the dramatic increase in human longevity and what factors have contributed to this trend. Invariably, these experts cite good nutrition as a major ingredient, in addition to regular exercise and an active, socially engaged lifestyle. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Carrie Lipperini, the Director of the Office of Nutrition and Health Promotion Programs at the U.S. Office of on Aging. Carrie, a proud Navy veteran, was initially trained as a hospital corpsman, taking the oath to care for six sailors, a commitment she remains passionate about today. Since then, she has spent 20 years developing programs that promote health and nutrition in both government and the nonprofit sector. In today's conversation, Carrie will go well beyond the latest diets we see advertised on TV. She'll help us set the stage for healthy aging, outlining nutrition and health concerns that affect all of us, but particularly the challenges we encounter in our 45 plus years, whether we're taking care of ourselves or our 70 plus parents. On top of that, Carrie will describe some of her agency's distinctive health prevention and wellness programs, where to find these resources and how they can address growing issues like social isolation and loneliness. So now, let's meet Carrie Lipperini and hear how she can help us pave the path to good nutrition, overall health, and wellness as we age. So Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, first of all, I, I just want to say that uh, uh, you're a Navy veteran, which I'm happy to have you in, uh, and also, you know, for your service in, in healthcare, while you're not on the front lines of healthcare and the COVID crisis still, you know, I would just want to give you, you know, a, a dual thank you for your service, you know, because I think in, in both sectors, you really contribute to our country. So I just want to say that. Um, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to join you today. Right. Great. So first, let's let's elaborate a little bit on your background, how you came to work in, in this field and, you know, you know, what 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 your passions are about, you know, what you do and, uh, and then we'll get into the agency itself. So I'm just really excited today to be here and talk to you about, you know, what I do at, at the Administration for Community Living. Um, healthy aging definitely is a personal and professional passion of mine. My interest in health and well-being began at a very early age. While in elementary school, I would be found volunteering in the nursing homes mm-hmm. as a candy striper at our local hospital, stuffing envelopes, making sandwiches, and huh. doing odds and ends at various health nonprofits throughout northeastern Pennsylvania. After two years of college, still wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, and my love for health and wellness landed me right in a Navy recruiter's office. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I was known to have really long hair. So when I came home with my hair chopped, my mom took one look at me and started to cry. She knew I had made my decision to go into the Navy. So as a former hospital corpsman in the Navy, again, I'm definitely passionate about health and wellness, especially keeping older veterans um, in our communities and having the supports they need and deserve. Um, as you introduced me, I you know, took my oath as a corpsman many, many years ago. 
to care for the sick and injured, sailors, and I want to note Marines, um, to dedicate my heart and my mind and my strength to the work that was before me. And although I hung that uniform up many years ago, it still holds true to the oath for all branches of the service now. It's a passion and it drives me to work that I do today. Um, again, it's something that, again, with my career, um, my volunteers, all my hobbies are, are right around health and wellness. Right. After serving time in the Navy, I started working in the disability field and then ended up in long-term care, where I not only worked with the field of disability, but also brought me into the field of aging. Mm. I took a job at the Aging Network, where I was uh, lead for their healthy aging programs at a senior center in rural Maryland. The ability to have a positive impact on the older adults at the national level just really excited me. And so I started working at ACL, um, Administration for Community Living, four and a half years ago. So uh, ACL is part of the federal government with the Department of Health and Human Services. And our goal is to improve the lives of older adults, people with disabilities, caregivers, and their families. And so ACL funds a big network of state and local service providers um, who play vital role in ensuring older adults and people with disabilities remain independent. Right, right. And we literally are in every state, every territory, and community. Many of your listeners may not even realize that they know what I'm referring to when I say the aging network. So perhaps they've heard of home-delivered meals, sometimes referred to as Meals on Wheels, right. but we're much more than that. There are many offices within ACL, and the office that I oversee is the Office of Nutrition and Health Promotion Programs. My office manages the health, the prevention, and the wellness programs for older adults. Right. This includes behavioral health information, chronic disease management education programs, diabetes self-management, disease prevention, health promotion services, falls prevention, HIV and AIDS education, nutrition services, and oral health promotions. Right, right. Yeah, I think most people really uh, aren't aware of what ACL does. And, you know, one of the, the, actually the first guests of the program was a woman named Kathleen Adi, who also worked for ACL. And just to uh, reiterate what you were saying, so so people understand, you know, there is the, the top of the umbrella is health and human services. And underneath that, in terms of structure, there is um, the administration on aging, or the ACL is underneath that. And the administration for community living then incorporates the administration on aging and then also disability services, right? So this is all, you know, it's all under health and human services, but there are various branches that cover a lot of territory. Um, so now what do you do specific? What's your role as director? What's kind of programs do you promote? Um, how do you get involved? Um, how do you let people know about them? So we work with our communications office, obviously, to get the word out. Um, we work with our states and our regions to be able to help spread the word of what we do. Um, the majority of the work that comes out of our office is through grants, whether it be formula grants to states or, or discretionary grants where folks can apply. Um, when I say folks, like universities, AAAs, um, which is area and agencies, state unit on aging, universities, et cetera, can apply for grants to implement the programs that I was speaking about. So the chronic disease self-management program, which is a six-week program that teaches individuals how to self-manage health conditions. Um, so that's where a lot of our funding uh, comes from is, you know, folks 
apply for these grants and then and then implement these programs. The other, I guess, arm, if you would say, is the nutrition. And so often many, again, much of the nutrition money is money that comes from the federal government through the states to the locals to be able to provide, again, the callers may be realizing um, congregate meals, which often are meals that folks come together in often a senior center or a church or a faith-based or um, various locations, even in restaurants, to come together to have meals together. The right. other, like I said, is the Meals on Wheels or the home-delivered meals, right. where, again, meals are delivered to homebound individuals. And so right. that's, again, through the, through the federal to the state to the local. We also do have an innovation and nutrition grants, which, again, folks can apply for to, um, to implement in their local communities. Yeah. I think that people aren't really aware of how much uh, concern nutrition is. I mean, you know, we have, you know, we're blessed with a country where there is a lot of you know, available food, but not always equally distributed. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that uh, in my uh, local area here um, was that, uh, you know, when when the pandemic hit and the senior centers closed down, um, a big part of what they did were these congregate meals for seniors who would come in as well as home-delivered meals. And that was a big issue, you know, how to get people um, food. You know, and I think that, um, you know, as people get older, too, you know, you know, one of your areas also is looking at the issues of nutrition as it relates to, you know, loneliness and, and social isolation. And, and as you were saying, these congregate meals are one of the ways to kind of combine those issues, right? Yes, that's correct. And, you know, I came from a senior center environment, and I can say firsthand the difference that it really is making in our communities. Right. Now, now, tell me a little bit about the nutrition programs, though. Are there, you know, how are they structured in, in addition to the actually delivery of, of meals, um, programs, education programs, or th things like that? So, the ACL nutrition programs, through the, again, through the Older Americans Act, um, provides grants from the states to support the nutrition services of older persons through the nation. These services include, again, like I said, congregate nutrition programs as well as home-delivered programs. And the congregate provides the healthy meals in the group setting, again, like senior centers, restaurants, um, faith-based, while the home-delivered provides foods to seniors in their homes. And the purpose of these programs is to promote the health and well-being of older adults. Right. So the program is intended to reduce hunger and food insecurity also to promote socialization and delay the onset of health conditions. Right. The program itself is not an entitlement program. Participants have the opportunity to donate. I often refer to these nutrition programs as a gateway program because people come into nutrition sites because they're hungry, but it's there that they're introduced to many of the programs that I mentioned, the chronic disease programs and the, and the various other programs and services that our network has to offer. Um, that, again, helps them stay active in their community and to live independently. You know, things like transportation, exercise programs, home repair, all of those things can be often found at your local um, senior center, uh, your area of agency. In addition to meals, there are other, other nutrition-related services provided, such as nutrition screening, assessment, nutrition education, and counseling. And again, all of these services help to address the health and well-being, hunger, and social isolation. 
And again, I, I've mentioned a few times that before coming right. to ACL, I worked in our local community overseeing these services. And so again, I've seen time and time again, the positive changes that these nutrition programs and the senior centers, the you know, local AAAs have, have made impacts. Yeah. Um, and nationwide, we're seeing some really exciting results. Um, our evaluation shows, for example, that 54% of participants say a congregate meal supplies 50% or more of their total food for the day. Wow. 93% of the congregate meal participants um, were socially active and satisfied with their opportunity to spend time with other people. 81% of our home-delivered meal participants report somewhat being satisfied or very satisfied with the opportunity to spend time with other people. And 71% of congregate and 90% of home-delivered participants felt that the program helped them to live independently and to remain in their home. Mm. So, um, you know, I just... I'm going to take this moment really to to promote not only the program but also to commend our network, as you mentioned, coming out of the pandemic, uh, because they really stepped up and um, just were able to make sure that all seniors across the nation received a meal and were in, interacted for social isolation purposes during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, you know we we sort of know intuitively the connection between social uh, interaction and meals. <laughs> you know, when we share meals with uh, people and uh, share meals with friends, uh, you know, it's it's sort of an integral part of it. But but I think the pandemic really helped highlight, you know, the importance of, um, of socialization to overall health and, and, and well-being. Uh, I think people were <laughs> feeling like, oh my God, you know, um, things are never going to be uh, the same. And I think that you know, it also highlighted the fact that I don't think we have normal, um, we're not, not prepared for these situations when all of a sudden people are cut off from these services and have to sort of have contingency plans because, you know, Long Island here where I am, um, and I'm sure in, in many parts of the country, the, you know, food insecurity is, it's there, but I think that, that uh, you know, there's, there was never so much activity, you know, with food banks uh, and local programs as there was here. And I think pe it surprised people how, um, how many people needed these kinds of services. So I think that it's important to know that these things exist and that they're there for people. And I think that that's getting the word out sometimes. I think people, uh, again, where, where I am here, what, I, what I've understood is that the, um, the average age of people who go to senior centers is like um, 83. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> these services are, are, you know, for people really um, 60 and over, you know, so people can take advantage of it, but they're often like, you know, like my mother saying, I'm not a senior, I'm not one of those people, but you are, we all are, you know. Yeah, and also, you know, when I worked in that environment, um, I would hear that all the time, and I'd have to remind folks that we're here to keep you young, we're here to keep you active so that you can age gracefully. And so, you know, again, you're absolutely right. Um, in many cases, your local senior centers, your nutrition sites are doing programs that could benefit anyone of, of any age. Um, and whether you're a caregiver and maybe in you know my age in their 40s and early 50s, so you might need that information to be a caregiver, but also for yourself. Um, as you are, you as you're aging. Right, right. Um, 
So uh, I think we're going to, uh, let's see, move on to some other areas uh, in, in terms of uh, how you know, nutrition is related to some of the other factors that you look at, exercise, other lifestyle issues. Um, uh, so let me ask you this. How does uh, um, uh, ACL work with other agencies to combine your expertise in offering guidelines for healthy aging? So we work across uh, the federal governments with many, many folks because, again, healthy aging is not just about um, nutrition, but about, you know, it's about, like we said, social isolation and, and, and decreasing loneliness. And so we definitely work across various agencies um, to be able to bridge those the gaps and um, right, right. For, for healthy aging. Yeah, yeah. So that's that, yeah. So, so I think that um, I, what we're going to do is we have a lot of time to talk about it and take a deeper dive into these things. So, um, uh, what I'm going to do is uh, uh, I think we're going to in about uh, half a minute we're going to take a short break, um, but when we come back uh, we'll be talking much more uh, with you, Carrie and Liparini. Uh, the director of the Office of Nutrition and Health Promotion at the U.S. Office of Administration on Aging. Um, so I just want to let people know um, there's much more to come. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks, to 45 Forward, where we're talking with nutrition and wellness and health with Carrie Lipperini of the U.S. Administration on Aging. So before the break, we were talking about various programs, Carrie, and, and one of the things uh, I wanted to ask you about is, you know, obviously nutrition and healthy aging is a, is something important throughout life, but are there th certain things we should look for in terms of these challenges earlier in life compared with older adults, and, and how should we look at our, ourselves in, in terms of healthy aging as we age? Well, surely eating a healthy diet is important. Um, I've mentioned socialization, and 
Uh, probably something I didn't mention, but definitely something that I truly believe is having a purpose. Uh-huh. Um, and regular exercise, regular physical activity. All of those things are very important as we age, but again, for anyone of any age. Um, and it's never too late to start a good habit or to restart. Um, even small steps towards a goal are better than no steps at all. Um, I think it's very important to think holistically. So when we're talking about wellness, again, it's that mind, body, spirit connection. Um, things like getting enough sleep mm-hmm. is very important. Um, there's a lot of relationship between sleep and life expectancy that we've seen. Um, getting too little sleep or too much sleep isn't necessarily good. Um, they say the statistically is it seven, eight hours a night is considered ideal. Um, but again, the amount of sleep varies by age. Um, again, researchers suggest that regular sleep less than seven hours a night can have negative effects on your health, um, your heart and your immune system, among other things. Right. And if you're sleeping too much, you know, that could often show signs of things like depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or other conditions. Um, but I am a mother of two. Now, mm-hmm. the boys are grown now. <laughs> but, you know, for me to say, you know, oh, you should get seven, eight hours of sleep to me is not, is not necessarily always somebody be saying, oh, that's not realistic. And I know that my friends that are older adults are listening right now saying, Carrie, <laughs> as we age, it is very hard to get enough sleep without interruption. So again, it's just really trying to look at that targeted, what is ideal, and then getting yourself into a sleep routine. So for me personally, like, I'm a thinker. My mind doesn't stop from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed. So I find something like a quiet, mindful meditation before going to bed helps me to sleep better. Um, again, it's something that you may need to talk to your doctor about because, again, if your sleep disruption is new, there could be a medical reason. So that, you know, that's important to think about as well with your thinking about sleep. Right. We talked about eating right. Right. I can't state that enough. You have a healthy, balanced diet, which provides you energy, lowers your risk of chronic disease. Um, I am a person that does not believe in saying don't eat this or don't eat that. I live by what I call Noni's model motto. And Noni was my husband's grandmother. She was his (laughs) Italian grandmother and she lived in her 90s. And she would always say, Carrie, everything in moderation. So, you know, older adults need to get satisfaction out of their life and what they're eating is a very big part of that. So as we age, you know, our taste buds may change. This along with other changings can make food less enjoyable. So, you know, again, it's looking at eating whole foods and fewer processed foods, whole foods and things. When I say whole foods, I'm talking like fruits and vegetables you know, which tend to be sometimes locate or ten, usually tend to be located on the outside of the aisles of the grocery store. So again, the processed foods are more usually on the inside of the aisle. So mm. you've probably heard the good rule of thumb of shop on the outside of the aisle. Oh, interesting. Um, I never heard it that way, yeah. And yeah. studies have also shown that protein may be helpful, especially as one ages. So, well, there definitely needs to be some more research in that area. We're pleased that our nutrition programs that we talked about are designed, uh, they, you know, their own menus designed, but basically provide these higher protein levels. 
Exercise. Let's talk about that big E. (laughs) Yeah, the big E, right. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's a big E because it's essential as Mm. we get older. Um, I think one of the challenges we face, and I'm going to put myself out there, is the word itself. So again, being prior military, I came out of the military having a very negative idea of what (laughs) exercise meant. For those of you that are listening that may be prior military, you're going to follow me. Or if you've seen any military um, (laughs) shows, you know, the whole mile run, mile and a half run, the intense push-ups, you know, the whole old drop and give me 20. You know, that's what I had in my brain for exercise. And so, you know, as I get out of the service and I start, you know, getting back into, as I call the civilian world, um, we st- I started realizing that there are different kinds of exercise activities. You know, things like yard work and household chores, yes, they count as exercise. Um, it's also important to find fun, and act- fun, active things that you want to do every day that can help maintain your body weight and reduces your chronic disease risks. Right. I would say one tip that's been very helpful to me and and, and others as I've talked to them is really finding that buddy or buddies. Right. Um, A person that can be like your accountability buddy, if you would. Um, I have uh, several, but one I'd love to, uh, I told her to listen, so she's going to be listening for her name, but her name is Bessie and she's in her 70s and she is super fit. And we do yoga regularly together. I've taken exercise classes with her. And a few years ago, we went to New York City and we danced our feet off. Hmm. I'll tell you, she not only keeps up with me, but sometimes gives me a good run for my money. Hmm. So, um, you know, again, it's important at every age to continue to stay active. Um, Another way is to set some goals or challenges with your friends. Um, There's many, many, many studies that talk about the various um, importance of exercise from managing chronic diseases, lowering risks of falls, stress and anxiety, strengthening muscle, you know, strengthening your muscles, building your cognitive function. And again, you know, the social ties, you know, if you're going to an exercise class and your friends are looking for you and you you build that that camaraderie. Again, I'm, I'm a member of the 40-something crowd heading towards the 50 something crowd. crowd. Right. Right. Um, and so, I, you know, again, while I work in aging and I work in the older population, I can tell you that exercise definitely makes me feel better. I feel less anxious. I have more energy. So, you know, it definitely does make a difference at any age. Right. Um, and don't forget your mind. Your mind needs to be exercised, too. You know, through games and crossword puzzles and just even conversations that we're having with our friends, visits, visiting to museums or, you know, going on a lecture. So those are some of the things that are that are important. Um, you know, avoidance of things. There's some things that you should probably, I don't want to say, as I say, avoid or limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are, you know, obviously avoiding smoking um, because, again, there's plenty of studies and and research that shows in the United States alone, smoking accounts for over 400,000 deaths a year. And of course, all the risks of smoking. And I'm also going to put in um, limiting alcohol. And so again, I have to context by saying that I'm not only uh, married to Italian, but I am Italian. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was a Giamuso. Uh, prior to being a Liparini. Mm-hmm. And so if I if I told my Italian folks that they needed to avoid their wine 
or tell my father-in-law that he can't drink his martini, I would surely be get kicked out of my family dinners. Mm. So again, we go with what Noni says, everything in moderation. Right. So for most people, um, you know, it's okay to have uh, maybe a glass of wine. For some, um, those taking medications, it might be important to avoid alcohol together. But again, working with your doctor to find out what is best for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the final words of kind of wisdom or advice would be mm-hmm. around the whole holistic. So I think spiritually uh, can play a role in, in folks' well-being. Everyone wants to feel connected to something or someone. And how that looks may differ from person to person. Um, it may be through a religious community or it may just be a walk with nature, right? This, or, or even a human connection. Spirituality can be can also be strengthening and also um, for the you know health and well-being as we age. And I'm going to put under that same umbrella, mental health. So again, living with untreated depression and anxiety can make it really hard to really enjoy life. And it could also impact your health physically, um, making you stressed and tense, tense and sluggish. But the good news is, again, is that with right treatments and supports, you know, people can learn to manage these conditions. So, mm-hmm. you know, you asked me earlier on about partnerships, and that's where ACL partnerships are critical. Because, right. again, like I said, we partner across various agencies. We partner with the CDC, um, especially this past year with COVID-19, making sure that we were getting the right information to our network Um you know, we were partnering very close with them, but we also partner very closely with the substance abuse and mental health services at SAMHSA, NIH, um, Department of Agriculture, and the Office of Disease Prevention and Health Promotion, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. We also work not only within government, but outside of government in mm-hmm. the nonprofit world, you know, working with, with folks like NCOA, National Council on Aging, working right. with Meals on Wheels of America. Um, these partners you know, are important, not only to help expand our knowledge, but also to elevate the importance of work and aging. Yeah. Now, let me just uh, uh, stop you for a second and just, uh, you know, you've given us a lot of very good tips in in a lot of different areas. I think, you know, what I find interesting, too, is that I do um, some uh, community education programs for the Alzheimer's Association. And the next couple of shows actually will deal with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. This is June is Alzheimer's is and Brain Awareness Month. Uh, But uh, I just find it, uh, you know, I, I see sort of a collection of ideas that come together that really show, you know, how all these things work, as you say, holistically. I mean, you know, I remember my, my father, you know, having the same sort of general advice as your, your grandma about uh, moderation, you know, so I like, you know, it's like, I, I try to keep it simple, you know, so like things like when, even when I, I go out to, to restaurants, I find that, you know, some in some cases, you know, trying to get the most value for a meal. A lot of these restaurants give you huge portions, right? So it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't. I don't need to eat this whole portion here. I can, you know, have half of it and take half home, you know, for for later, for tonight or tomorrow. Um, so it, it's it's moderation and it's it's this collection of things that work together. So, I mean, I I know that you know exercise is critically important and and as you say. It can take many different forms. You know, you don't need to go to the gym. Um, but if you exercise and if you're trying to lose some weight, it's hard to do it without good nutrition. You know, I've talked to enough trainers who say, well, you're, you're okay, you'll, you'll be in shape, but you're not going to lose any weight at, if that's your intent, which you probably should, unless you improve your nutrition. 
So I think these things are, are things to keep in mind sort of in parallel, you know, to keep them all kind of in line and look at, look at them together. Um, and for me, the, the, the big thing that you mentioned at the beginning was sleep, you know, which is, which is, I think, a hidden thing. Which, and I remember, you know, this is something that I think also has evolved in terms of our understanding, you know, the, what we need in terms of sleep and, and how to keep uninterrupted sleep and how to dis, remove distractions and put that cell phone away from you so you're not hearing your pings in the middle of the night. Um, and also, I think that, you know, I remember when I was younger, there was this notion of, you know, in your 20s, you were a go-getter and you're like, well, I don't need that much sleep. You know, that's a waste of time. So the notion of sleep being a waste of time um, when you're younger and then older, you know, it's like, you know, older people don't need as much sleep. Another kind of myth. It's like, nah, you pretty much need seven to eight hours. You know, that's the, yeah, people vary, but that's the basic, you know, um, uh, measurement. Um, and part of that in, in terms of these um, uh, workshops I give and community workshops for, for Alzheimer's is that these things really do have an impact all the way through right to the end in terms of your cognitive wellness as you get older. Um, and they've, they've shown that these things can, they can't eliminate things like dementia, but they can reduce the risk factors for dementia. And I think that's really important that people are really understanding that these habits, you know, really have an impact early uh, and later. And, you know, as you said before, you start them early and don't stop. <laughs> you can alter them and, and you know, as, the, as things uh, develop in, in your life, but keep, keep them going. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, folks, if they start having, and I did it myself, believe it or not, I was having where I was not recalling things as much mm. and kind of forgetful. And I started... <laughs> wondering what was going on and, and, and worried because every, you know, heightened dementia. But there's so many other health issues that, in my case, it was hearing loss. Mm. I started having some hearing loss. And if you're not hearing, then you can't process, right? right? So it wasn't dementia, but it was hearing loss, right? And so so it's a good to know that. And it's sometimes like things um, like depression or anxiety, um, feeling overwhelmed. And so you might not be able to, again, process. And so people might think, oh my gosh, I might have dementia. And really it could be something else. So again, if you start to have confusion, it's always good to check with your doctor and really get a physical and not just assume that maybe it's it's dementia, but sleep. You know, if you're not sleeping, then you're, you're, you may not be processing because you're just exhausted. Right, right. You know, and one of the things that I guess they're discovering is that I, I don't know that they have an exact diagnosis of it, but but they you do understand that as you sleep, that's your sleep, especially your REM sleep is of critical importance because there's a kind of a cleansing process for your brain as you sleep um, that has an impact, you know, again, uh, in terms of dementia, possibilities of dementia, where you, if you don't have that sort of clearing of your pathways in your brain, uh, by good sleep, it does increase your, your the possibility of getting dementia as you get older. It's not definitive, but it's a risk factor. So I think that's important. Um, uh, so uh, let's let's uh, so there are a variety of programs available. I think one of the things that I wanted to stress, as you mentioned, is that um, a lot of these programs, you know, they they come from the higher level, but uh, people should find out about them at a local level, right? I mean, in our area, it's the county, it's called the area um, or, you know, agencies on aging. 
so there, there's a, in my case, in my area, it's, it's at a county level. And then they often get funds, federal funds to state, to county, and to often as to senior centers as well. Is that right? Is that how it basically people should find out from, from their local areas, you know, local agencies? It, so, yeah. So it definitely flows from the top of the federal government through the states to the locals. And you're right. There are certain service providers, um, senior centers, which if you like, I could, I, I would love to talk about senior centers. <laughs> okay. Uh, again, coming from that environment, I have to tell you that I, I absolutely love, love, love senior centers. A uh, huge supporter here. Uh, worked there for more than 12 years. I saw firsthand the positive impact that it has on older adults. And again, a shout out to our network because during COVID, we saw how much senior centers were missed by the seniors because they missed their friends. They missed their nutritious meals. They missed the programs at their centers. And so, again, our our centers stepped up and they were doing a lot of this stuff virtually. Um, it is important to note that, you know, senior centers across the country are different in their programming. So when I say senior centers, for those that may not be thinking, like you said, I'm too, too young for that. Think of it, again, as a, a community center for some an older adult, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, it's keeping folks young. Um, studies show, again, like we talked about this, exercise, eating right, and healthy and, and staying active are keys to aging well, which is all the things that at your senior centers have to offer. So again, you know, folks sometimes think, oh, senior center, oh no, bingo, right? right. <laughs> and while some might be a bingo lover, others may not be, and they think, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to a place and sit around and play bingo. But, you know, when I was in a senior center, we did everything from trips to New York City, to days that we were fishing on the bay, to billiard tournaments, to, again, high-intensity phys- fitness classes. Mm. And they even had a really nice fitness room that were available to anybody 50 and over for free. Mm. So, you know, again, I just, I just really love senior centers. I think, again, our network, really shout out to them because they really did – continue to offer the seniors these life-sustaining services as they needed them, the nutrition, the home care, um, doing these senior centers without walls. You know, Mm -hmm. some of them even had 30 plus seniors logging on. And so our network, again, continue to find ways to continue to offer these, these classes, you know, virtual Tai Chi classes, yoga by video conferencing, you know, moving classes to outside socially distanced manner. And so just I'm very, very proud of the way that our network pitched in and really, you know, offered these um, older adults activities and exercises during this very difficult and trying time. Yeah. And I think we learned about a lot about going forward, too. So mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of these programs, you know, are, are very effective face to face. You know, now we'll, we're still going to be careful with social distancing. But I think now they're they're realizing a lot of these you know, can't be successful um, virtually or in hybrid forms. The other thing I noticed is that there's a lot of, you know, connection with senior centers and, and local libraries, that they're doing a lot of collaborating together and that they can really, you know, and this is where the, the cognitive and social engagement functions are really important because um, they can partner, they can give you, you know, there are all sorts of eBooks that can be delivered. And a lot of seniors are very, are becoming very versatile um, online. You know, it's not this, oh my God, they can't engage, you know, online. 
So I'm a senior, and I know that a lot of people um, do have a, a capacity to, to engage online. So we're going to talk more about that. We're going to take another quick break, Carrie. But when we come back, folks, don't go anywhere. We'll have much more in our last segment with Carrie Lipperini. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks, where we're talking with Nutrition and Wellness with Carrie Liberini of the U.S. Administration on Aging. Now, before we continue with our last segment with Carrie, I wanted to mention that you can find out more about her and some of the programs she oversees by going to my website, roelresources.com. That's roelresources.com, clicking the 45 forward tab, and where I posted some of the resources that she'll be, she's been referring to during our conversation. So you can also um, listen to um, the show after it's completed as a, as a podcast um, by going to that 45 forward tab on my website as well. So Carrie, um, in this last segment, let's talk a little bit more about what you've touched on, which is the issues of you know, social connection and engagement and isolation and, and how the programs, we, we did a little bit of uh, discussion about that, but let's, let's you know, dig a little deeper into that. So engagement, um, as you probably tell, hopefully by this interview, that I'm not a very shy person. So right. <laughs> um, this past year has been a struggle for even myself being in a home. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, I want to say with engagement, it's never too late to start something new. Um, I've met so many old, older adults who would start exercising in retirement, um, often through, this again, their senior centers. Um, and actually, a few years ago, I, I tell you, I met a, I was at a conference and I met an older adult who is now in her mid 80s, I believe. Hmm. But she took up bodybuilding in her 60s, mid 60s, wow. right? But it's also a good time to revisit something that maybe you did when you were younger, 
um, and maybe you want to continue to do that you love. And so I always, when I say that, think of one of my favorite stories was when I saw that a veteran who, um, again, it was a Marine. And as I mentioned, I, I spent many years um, caring and uh, for our, our Marines. And so I was really inspired. It was a 62-year-old former Marine who holds the record for planks. And so, again, I don't know that the um, folks, your, your listeners, may or may not be familiar with what I'm referring to as a plank. Um, of course, being in the Navy, you know, we'd say walk the plank, but I'm not talking about that kind of plank. <laughs> I'm talking about the core exercise that requires maintaining a position similar to a push-up. And so he holds the record at 62 years old. And so, well, I have to admit, again, I have not kept up with my military fitness levels at all. (laughs) But, you know, who knows? Maybe it's something I would consider in retirement. And so, again, it's the importance of, you're absolutely right, staying engaged. Um, Around social isolation, when I worked in the senior center, I was often referred to as the lady of fun, you know, someone that the seniors would come and I would entertain them. And so, you know, I embrace that reference because social engagement is so important for overall health as we age. Research tells us that social isolation and loneliness is a serious public health problem. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a recent report from the National Academies of Science, Engineering and Medicine found that nearly a quarter of older adults, 65 and older, are socially isolated. And Studies show that social isolation can reduce one's lifespan and increase, as we've talked about, dementia and mm-hmm. stroke and depression and, and all those other hosts of, of health issues. And so um, they've actually equated social isolation with something that we all know. Again, I mentioned smoking early on, right? The bad, mm-hmm. bad thing mm-hmm. um, is that lo- lack of social connectivity is as damaging to our health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. 15. Um, Now, if we flip side of that, the increased social engagement has been shown to improve health and well-being. And so we know that services and supports provided through the Aging Network help older adults stay engaged and connected. So again, it's just for those um, that are listening to find your local senior center, your local area of agency to really find out what's going on. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, just like an exercise where there are many ways to do it, you don't have to go to a gym to do it. I think, you know, the social opportunities are there, If you, but I think you need to focus on it and sometimes need to reach out. I mean, I noticed that, you know, in your bio, you talk about, you know, in your spare time, if you really do have spare time, I don't know, <laughs> with kids at your job, but um, that you enjoy volunteering, um, advocating for fellow veterans, so that's sort of connecting to your previous, you know, career, and even baking for your family and friends. I mean, these are things that, again, you think about them, that there is a social connection to it that's important to the activity. And that's part of it. It's not just the actual task itself. So I think people really, you know, can look for those sorts of things. And I think that, you know, before you mentioned a word that's often used, which is purpose. I think that's, you know, there certainly you can talk about, you know, greater purposes in life. But I think you do need even a daily purpose of, you know, the reasons to get up in the day, to look forward to things. And I think that these are the kinds of things that really do really mattered and, um, you know, are part of your overall, you know, your holistic sense of nutrition, what feeds you, what feeds your soul. You know, I think that's important. 
Absolutely. And like I said, I definitely am a social bug. And so completely, this, like I said, this past year and a half has been difficult on many, many levels. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we're coming out of it now. Are there, looking forward, are there things that, you, that um, uh, you know, that people should be um, looking forward to as we come out of the pandemic? Or is it essentially just certain um, you know, maintaining uh, the course, but actually just being, you know, cautious about health, but but maintaining the basic course as you've outlined it. Well, there's definitely things that we can do to maintain social engagement while remaining safe and following the CDC guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, again, social engagement is central to all programming that ACL supports. Um, throughout the pandemic, the Aging Network has, again, like I, I mentioned, has been very creative, using technology and other means to keep seniors active and engaged. Um, one safest way we've kept people engaged is through ACL's innovation and nutrition programs. Mm, um, the goal of the innovation and nutrition programs is to enhance the quality and eff- effectiveness and proven outcomes of the nutrition services within the Aging Service Network. Um, So nearly three quarters of our 2020 innovation and nutrition grantees have focused on increasing socialization. Mm -hmm. Um, These grantees are using technology and novel ways to help older adults socialize and improve their health while maintaining social distance. Um, Some grantees are creating virtual community centers, as I mentioned, and even Mm -hmm. doing live nutrition classes online. Mm. Other grantees are doing online discussion groups and programs. The artificial intelligence has also proven an opportunity to socialize with participants and provide much-needed well checks. And, you know, other ways that the network has been improving, uh, reducing social isolation and increasing engagement is through the remote delivery of health promotion programs, as I mentioned. Um, And so let me break down, you know, what I mean again by remote program delivery. I'm referring to deliveries that are not only using video conferencing, but even using a phone or a mail-in toolkit or some combination of maybe of, of both. So maybe where they have uh, some online component or a phone call with an outside uh, socially distant event. So some examples of programs seen delivered, again, are how to manage chronic conditions, programs that boost the strength and balance to prevent falls, um, exercise programs and programs that focus on improving mental health. Um, and our early data tells us that remote programs have reduced some significant barriers to program participants. Mm-hmm. So in the past, you know, if you had to come out of your home into a senior center or a local community center and you were, had a disability that may prevent you from sitting in a classroom or being in an actual exercise class you can now do from, say, the comfort of your home. If you were an older adult that didn't have transportation, right, that would have been a barrier for you to come to our classes. Well, now that's the barrier is no longer the issue because you can just log on from your home. Um, And one one organization that, uh, again, I mentioned I was from a rural county in Maryland for Mm -hmm. 12 years. So I would like to to plug my friend Leanne, who I've known for many, many years. And um, I want to highlight MAC Incorporated, which is an area agency in Maryland. And they're doing a lot around social isolation and improving older adults' well-being. They're working with a health technology provider to develop an app to identify the service needs of older adults and screen Mm -hmm. for social isolation. 
then based on the screening score, MAC offers them the program to encourage reward lives for seniors, which we commonly refer to as PEARLS, which is a program specifically designed, evidence-based, proven to decrease depression, social isolation, and loneliness. So I think, you know, one silver lining of the pandemic was that the Aging Network added remote programs to the the plethora of programs that we're offering. And I think these programs will be here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as, again, it's, it's that, it, you know, it would be the in-person as well as these programs. But, right. you know, I really, again, just I feel like a broken record, but I definitely want to encourage our network, your, I mean, encourage your listeners to look out for the resources that our programs are offering, again, in the remote and in-person where available through their senior centers and, like you mentioned, to public libraries or other organizations because partnerships were so great and it really was another silver lining of COVID where our network worked with not only parks and recs and libraries, but even restaurants to be able to offer these various services. So Carrie, um, is there an ACL or a a website people can go to, to find more about these programs? So ACL.gov. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I gave you a list. Hopefully, I believe you said you'd be on your website. But right. the Elder Care Locator is another website that's often right. helpful to be able to find resources. But um, yes, definitely um, both of those websites would be the prime ones I would send you to. Yeah, yeah. Because I think there's a, a wealth of information on the site and, and it can direct you in different directions. And, um, you know, there are you you will see that there you know on on my website you can see there's um, the National Resource Center on Nutrition and Aging, uh, which is seniornutrition.acl.gov. So there are lots of ways you can get into the into the network to find out more, um, and and locally you know there there are people who are resources. Um, um, uh, I I think both you know at the senior, the very local senior center and library, but also the uh, I think most counties in the in the U.S. have an office for the aging, you know, and so I think that that's a resource to find out about these programs, how they how they interact with um, um, uh, the the federal uh, support system. So, um, well, we we could keep talking, but uh, I think uh, there's much more to talk about. But I think we're going to have to leave it there today, um, Carrie. But I want to thank you for being a uh, terrific guest. And interest, introducing us to so many beneficial programs. Um, if you have questions or comments for Carrie, uh, what's the best way to reach you, Carrie, for people? Can email you or or contact me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, my email um, is Carrie dot Lipperini L I P P E R I N I at ACL Okay. And um, that's probably the best way to, to reach me. Um, and uh, no, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show today. Great. So tell your friends if they missed my conversation with Carrie today, they can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com, just searching for my show, 45 Forward, or go to my website, orwellresources.com, and click on my 45 Forward tab. Be sure to join me next Monday at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time, when my show will feature another great guest, Beth Smith-Boyvin, the Executive Director of the Alzheimer's Association, Northeastern New York. Um, June, as I mentioned before, is Alzheimer's Brain Awareness Month, and she'll be talking about the current research landscape, including the recent announcement of the FDA's approval of the first uh, major Alzheimer's drug in nearly 20 years. So until then, folks, 
keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. 